0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Support for this show comes from the Divine Intelligence Institute, committed to awakening the God within. Make God a presence inside that you can activate rather than a person up in the sky that you worship. Find out your spiritual IQ at divineintelligenceinstitute.com.
1: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Before I introduce my guest, I want to invite you to join me in Nashville, Tennessee, March 24th through the 26th, for three days of wisdom, music, love, and resistance as we celebrate the publication of the World Wisdom Bible and initiate a global spiritual movement rooted in the interdependence of all life and the ethic of compassion and justice that interdependence demands. To learn more, please visit oneriverfoundation.org. Our guest today is Mark Sorensen. He's the creator of the Star School for Navajo Children near Flagstaff, Arizona. Mark's essay Peacemaking the Navajo Way appears in the January February issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Mark Sorensen, welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Really happy to have you here. The article was fascinating and I went online I looked at the you've got this wonderful it's it's um starschool.org this wonderful oh, I don't know what you call sort of an aerial view of the school where you really get a chance to look at its setting. It's um, The school is environmentally advanced. It's all run off the grid. It's all by solar power. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yes.
1: Yeah, which I guess you have a lot of out in the, (laughs)
2: looks
1: like the high desert of Arizona there.
2: Yes, it's the high desert.
1: So in the magazine article, you really lay out very clearly the seven steps of the peacemaking process that is uh, indigenous to the Navajo. And I don't want to have you repeat what you've already written. I hope people will take a look at the article itself. Instead, I want to focus on the school, which was just, to me, fascinating. So it's called the STAR School. STAR, S-T-A-R, is an acronym. Why don't you start with, with unpacking the acronym for us?
2: All right. So STAR stands for Service to All Relations, this is a native concept. Um, it happens often when we come out of the uh, sweat lodge. And when we throw the flap open and come out of the sweat lodge, we say, all my relations. And um, and the service to all relations was the theme upon which we wanted to build the entire philosophy of the school. It's our uh, feeling that Deep in the heart of Navajo culture is the idea that we are all connected, not just all human beings, but all everything in nature. And being of service is a privilege, not a burden. So, um, you know, sometimes what happens with um, communities in, in poverty situations is uh, a sense of helplessness and, and a sense that um, somebody needs to come in and, and uh, provide us with our resources. And we, we see that we live in this beautiful area and uh, we're graced with a beautiful culture. <clears throat> and uh, being of service means to, um, to help our community, help our, our families, help one another, and in in so doing uh we gain sovereignty so i've developed this idea called sovereignty through service and uh the idea is that if we if we are of service to our community then we develop a moral authority that allows us to to say things it doesn't give us any legal standing but it gives us moral standing
1: you know I- you talk about that in the peacemaking process, where you really are dealing with. You're trying to avoid having to go through the, uh, the legal framework, and and really try to work on this relational notion of building the connection with with all relations. I just want to ask you a question, which may be so off the wall that you just want to pass on it, but it struck me that this notion that of all relations, and not just human, but you know all 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 of nature, Mm -hmm. Uh, it has a parallel in the Hebrew Bible in Genesis chapter twelve, verse three, where uh, Abraham and Sarah are called, and their descendants are called to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And it doesn't specify uh, two-legged families; Mm -hmm. it's all the families. So it's you know two-legged, four-legged, winged, you know, all of that. and I'm just wondering if you guys have a sense that this is something, this notion of relationship with all life, is something common to tribal peoples.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, um, and of course, all, all of us originally came from one tribe or another, right? All of us have these roots as indigenous people. But the indigenous people of this continent, what we commonly call Native Americans, um, virtually every tribe of the 500 tribes in this country has some version of this idea that we are not only connected, but we have a sense of responsibility. Um, And um, there are some tribes that, uh, many tribes, I would say, for whom prayer is understood that when you get up, for example, in Navajo and offer a morning prayer, it's a prayer for all creatures and, and all people. And it's, uh, and it's just understood that this is, this is the way this works. It's, it's part of our heritage as human beings.
1: One of my teachers was Sister Jose Hobde. She was a um, Lakota medicine woman and... Franciscan sister, I think. Mm. Uh, And she used to say that you can't understand the Bible if you don't understand the whole notion of tribe. And it's that these, the, the morality of the Hebrew Bible, and there's a lot of issues around morality in the Bible, but uh, the stuff that she likes and the stuff that I like, she, she linked directly to tribes. So I was just, I was curious about that. And then it, it seems to have a connection to a practice you do in the school where, if I have this right, you start each school week with the students assembled and they greet each other with the Navajo greeting, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce it, ya'ate. Ya, ya, yaate," something like that.
2: Y- yes, yat Ya'ateh,
1: ya'ate. sorry. Uh-huh. That's much, thank you for correcting that. And your translation <laughs> of it. You're close. You're, <laughs> but no, no cigar. So yacht-e. and it, it means in English, you said, the universe exists. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, just. Taking that as a philosophical concept—that's your greeting. The universe exists. What what do you make of that? As someone who comes, well, I mean, you're you're not born into this culture, so you're coming into it. You you see things like this. I, you know, I'm obviously looking at it from the outside. I see something incredibly wondrous and deep. And that's my greeting to you: is you know, the universe exists. So how how are we to understand that?
2: Well, it's. Um... It, understanding the depth of that greeting has come to me over years. You know, um, I, I certainly, when I first was introduced to the greeting, Yat-e, um, I didn't truly get the depth of it. It's It's been something that has been taught to me over the years, and I, I'm incredibly grateful for uh, the depth of that understanding uh, that I've gotten from some elders because... Um, just you know it it sort of reminds me of namaste or or some of the greetings from um from the really deep esoteric or mystical teachings the idea that um that we exist that we have the gift of life that just amazes me these days particularly that we um have this wonderful amazing gift and it's in my view, it's not that we did something to deserve it. We've just been given this, and here we are on this beautiful planet, and uh w- we get to experience the beauty of the planet so in a greeting like this "Yat a the universe exists it's it's we are within it, and it is within us. That's the idea
1: yeah, and that's that's why you're you're connecting it to namaste mm-hmm. um Technically namaste means I bow to the divine within you. When I'm in India teaching, I make a point of trying to get people to shift their understanding from the God within you to the God, to the, the divine that is you. So uh-huh. it's 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 a little bit a little bit less well, and dualistic.
2: In, yeah, in in Navajo, the deeper concept is we are all divine beings. In in Navajo we're uh, people understand they're descended from the holy people and um and to just be able to view one another as divine beings is um i think opens up opportunities for great understanding and and empathy
1: yeah absolutely i think that's that's key so so now i have a practical maybe those weren't so impractical but so so part of the mission of the school, as I understand it, is to help reclaim Navajo culture and to teach it to the students. Is mm-hmm. that a fair thing to say? Is that, am I on?
2: That's, that's certainly part of it. Yeah, um, part of that's it. It's part of our mission.
1: So I'm wondering how interested are the kids in the tradition as opposed to a, hey, I don't care about this. This is old. This is mm-hmm. grandfather. Yeah. This is grandmother. I'm interested in what's happening on Snapchat.
0: at eomega.org slash thrive.
2: Well, Rami, I'm really glad you asked that question because uh, it's, it's my clear understanding that the kids don't really care what we say about the culture. They want to see how we live it. And if we live the values, if we really believe that relationships are key, that, um, that we are all connected they've got to see the adults around the school act that way toward one another. And uh, teaching kids about their culture is, is no way to go because our kids, frankly, are too entranced with modern technology. Um, but if they see that we come to them and treat them as a, as a dear relative, when I uh, come up to a student, if I say, Sha away my my child, my baby, or or if I say um, to somebody that you're my son or my daughter, you know, um, and think of that as the most positive example I can imagine of what a relationship with a son or a daughter would be. Then you know if they see me act that way and they see the other adults act that way toward one another, then they feel safe, they feel cared for, and they want to know. They want to know more about the beauty, beauty that comes out of this culture. So mm. um, that, I'd say it's key
1: for them to see
2: us actually live those values.
1: So you've been sort of adopted uh, into the, the Navajo people. What, what are most of the faculty at, at the school? Two-thirds of our staff
2: are Navajo and about half of our teachers are Navajo. Um, and again, you know, this is the challenge, isn't it? Um, for a school to exist that's blended like this, for there to be real love and acceptance in spite of all the the discrimination that goes on, uh, primarily from white people to Native people. But, you know... You know how it is. If people have been experiencing a lot of prejudice, then it's easy for them to feel prejudice as well. So sure. to, have, um, to have an atmosphere in which it can be acknowledged that there are these racial tensions sometimes and to believe that we can still see the, the universe within one another, that we can still look through that. And to see the real core value each of us
1: has, then that's when, that's when we're really great. Mm. So the half of the staff, the 50% of the staff that is not Navajo, are they, as you are steeped in the culture? do they have, is there a long learning curve before people can say that, that they've imbi- that they've you know they've imbibed it enough that they can model it?
2: well yes it's it can be a very long learning curve um and um you know some of our staff are are just intent on learning more and more and more and others are there because they just love the the atmosphere and they love the kids and they value and honor the culture knowing all the while that they'll never quite get the whole thing Mm. um so I guess I would say that it's an individual choice. For me, um, I was, as I said in my article, I I was overwhelmed to uh, get the understanding that I could be brought in like this. And, and be
1: uh, integrated into a family like that. Yeah, I mean, that is that is an amazing thing. We, we've only got a couple of minutes left, maybe th- three or four minutes left. And I, I want to switch gears a little bit because I, I think we would be remiss if we just talked about the star school in a bubble. I mean, you're in Arizona. Arizona, you are a charter school, charter public mm-hmm. school. Arizona is a big charter school state. Mm-hmm. Um I know that that in Arizona, uh, Eileen Sigmund, who is the CEO and president of Arizona, Arizona Charter School Association, mm-hmm. is very pro our new education secretary, Betsy mm-hmm. DeVos. What, what are your thoughts about that? Are, are you looking forward to, to this, to having her uh, with her strong pro charter school background? You know, um, we see
2: charter schools as a vehicle. Uh, we don't see it necessarily as an ideology. So um, when I, I see uh, the new education secretary um, and her support for choice, you know, for us in Native communities, choice is has been very limited. It's been extremely limited over the years. But... Um, you know, on the other hand, we rely heavily on the government and the federal government and state government to provide services, and many times we feel those services are lacking. So, it's a two-edged sword, as, as I see it. Um, somebody who wants to support choice, like the choice our kids make, is, feels great to me. On the other hand... Someone who wants to diminish the services that are so important to us makes me quite uncomfortable.
1: Okay, so, so it's a wait always. and see. Yeah, see see what's going to happen. Like I said, we're really up against the end of the show, but I want to ask you a more general question about what you've learned from working with the Navajo people in, in, in the Star School and see if there's something that you think could apply to the larger U.S. schools, public school system. And I'm thinking specifically about this Navajo sense of interrelatedness and kinship, the word you write it in the, you know, in the, you'll you pronounce it for us because it has that lovely glottal stop that I can't do. But uh, go ahead, pronounce, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, it's ka. K- 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 so if you can, do, does that have application outside the school into in, to the United States in general?
2: I believe it certainly does rami the um the idea is of eh, is that we are interrelated that we have kinship and and um and close ties with one another, and to me, what's really missing in our educational system in general is um the primacy of positive caring relationships i think. You know, we've—I've been an educator my whole adult life now, more than forty years in the school systems in the in Indian country, and I would say that so many schools are focused and fearfully focused on test scores and and the kids repeatedly not doing well enough, and so then everybody uh, feels a failure and and that kind of thing. What I think the school systems in general need to get more focused on is the strength and value of relationships because that's what's going to serve them as they move out into the world. Uh, I continually remind other people that when you go past K-12 education or even college education, nobody in the working world asks you to take a a multiple choice test. It's... um, You know, what they want is to see how you problem solve and how you work with other people and how much of a team player you are. Those are the things that we teach that I think could be taught so much more and focused
1: on so much more in the general public uh, education system. Well, that is a perfect way to end. I very much appreciate that. My guest today was educator Mark Sorensen. His essay, Peacekeeping the Navajo Way, appears in the January-February issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can learn more about the Start School at startschool.org. Mark, thanks so much for speaking with us on Essential Conversations.
2: Thank you very much, Ronnie. I really appreciate it.
1: Support for today's show comes from the Divine Intelligence Institute, committed to awakening the God within each of us. Rather than a person up in the sky, make God a presence inside of you that you can activate. Discover your spiritual IQ at DivineIntelligenceInstitute.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log into to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker, and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening.